is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Rain Law, the author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series. You can find all my books on Amazon Kindle under Rain Law. Today, we are once again experimenting with a new format. I hope you like it. Each program will start off with an inspirational quote and then a conversation about it. Moving on to mind and body and the connections between the two. Then, for expressions, we will discuss music and art. We will also continue with our haiku, and we will follow that with a did you know section. So, beginning with our inspirational quote, The unexamined life is not worth living. Socrates. I believe this is Socrates' most famous quote, and one of his last. It was taken at his trial, where he was given the choice to change his point of view or drink hemlock. I understand that drinking the hemlock required Socrates to drink it several times before the effects actually killed him. I kind of picture it as when Dumbledore had to drink the water from the cave in Harry Potter. Of course, Plato had written about the cave, but that was a different philosopher. As far as having a life that isn't contemplated or examined seems very strange to me, because before I ever read Socrates, I had read the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, who had a similar philosophy obviously taken from Socrates, and he believed that every day a person should reflect before going to bed and upon arising on the events of the day, and I have always tried to follow suit. I would encourage anyone to add this to their morning and or evening reflection or meditation. It does help highlight what you consider important in your life, and perhaps by doing so you will have a life that is worth living. Coming up next is mind and body. It is my belief that using our mind, thinking processes such as in reading, writing, communicating, speaking a foreign language, are all excellent ways to develop the mind. Doing math problems also would fall into this category. Meditation definitely helps. Then when it comes to the body, movement is necessary. And what is even better is movement that is coupled with the mind. Things like martial arts and yoga spring to mind. The thing is, with both the practice of mindfulness is very beneficial. And when reading or moving, the ability to move and the ability to read make little difference to those who do not practice each of these categories. People who cannot read and people who are unable to move are just as well off as you. I understand what it's like being bedridden, and several times in my life I have been 
confined to the bed for months at a time. But I found, whether confined to the bed because of illness or injury, it is possible to at least practice exercising your breathing. And sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can also practice moving your arms about freely in the air while laying on your back. Whatever you can move without causing yourself injury will help you when you're able to get back on your feet. Our next segment is expression. Not everyone feels comfortable with creating things if you think of them as art, but most everyone likes to build or create something. Some people create by writing letters or working on mechanics, doing carpentry or welding, having discussions and debates, calling people up on the phone and talking. All of these are expressions, and it is important whether you play music or draw or paint, even if you only like watching movies or television programs. Instead of simply watching, you can analyze what the author of the book or the series you're watching or reading was thinking about, what motivated them. This critique, this analysis, is very important to deepen our understanding not only of the artists that created whatever we admired, but also to deepen our understanding of ourselves and those around us. Feel free to write in and tell us about your favorite song or your favorite musician and actors, movies, TV shows. It'd be fun to discuss these things. And if you have a favorite sculptor or painter, include them as well. Today, I'm going to discuss Miyamoto Musashi. As an author, he had written several texts, one of which was preceding the Book of Five Rings, and this was The Mirror of the Way of Strategy. He wrote this book in young adulthood. There is said to be two copies of this work in existence today, one that is addressing 21 sections and the second 28 sections. Musashi addressed the state of mind and the manner of looking, the way to see. He also addressed the way to hold the sword, as well as the use of the sword in combat. And of course, he included the way to move about from place to place. Like all sword masters, he talked about posture and how this affects cutting and how to change things up in the heat of combat. Such things as getting your opponent to drop their weapon and using the yin and the yang, as well as discerning the thoughts of your opponent. He felt it was important to know how to deliver a blow and how to take the initiative, which could be done while performing a strike while turning the point of the sword. He addressed such things as attacking the legs and attacking the hand. He felt it was also necessary to know how to avoid the point opponent's sword 
and how to pass above the sword. He also addressed the importance of using sliding steps and knowing your opponent's real intentions. He was famous for his use with two swords and for throwing shurikens. All of these things helped him with his ability to fight multiple opponents at once and using the jute, a weapon that his father was a master of. He also taught the importance of how to draw two swords along with what he considered the ultimate strike and direct communication. It's now time for our haiku entitled The Journey, Mastery of the Mind. Is it a possible goal or merely a dream? Now moving on to our next segment, which is entitled Did You Know? And today I ask, did you know that on this day, my daughter celebrates her birthday? She was born October 18th, and coincidentally, when I stepped out of the hospital and looked out to the mountains and watched the snow falling, it made me think of a John Denver song. But another important event happened on October 18th, some years earlier, in 1867 to be exact, and that was when Alyeska, a native word meaning great land, was added to the property of the United States of America. The great land in question was bought for $7.2 million, which works out to be somewhat less than two cents per acre, 586,412 square miles. That's about twice the size of the state of Texas. William Henry Seward had purchased Alaska from the Russians, who wanted to sell it to avoid having to lose it to England, with whom they were not seeing eye to eye with. When it was purchased, people referred to it as Seward's Folly and also as President Andrew Johnson's Polar Bear Park. But it turned out to be a great investment, although sparsely populated. This great land supplies the United States with 25% of its oil and 50% of its seafood, plus a wealth of mineral deposits such as gold. And it was an excellent place for my wife in her younger years, growing up, learning to ice skate. It is also a hunter's paradise. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushi Kimpo. You have been listening to Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. Once again, I am Ryan Law, reminding you to follow your dreams.